Welcome back to the JSK Media Sports Podcast. I'm Jonah Kligman. I'm here with my co-host, Sean Schball. It's my favorite time of the week, Sean. It's podcast time. Let's get right into things. Can't have a sports podcast without talking about this. Tom Brady went to social media to announce his retirement again, but this time he said for good. He had his feet in the sand. He was in presumably Florida. And in my opinion, this was a, a little sneaky. And the reason I say sneaky is because Hey, you know, the season's not over yet. I mean, Sean, do you think this was strategic? Like the second the Super Bowl is set, he he wants back in the spotlight? Listen, I understand where that idea is coming from of Tom Brady always wanting to be in the spotlight. You know, everything he's done throughout his career, he's always wanted to be the biggest news. And he has been throughout his entire career. But I don't think this is as strategic as people are making it out to be. I don't think he was. he's been waiting to announce this the second that all his attention is taken away from him. I think really he was just ready to spread the news. He's been out of the playoffs now for about two weeks, and he was just ready and spread the news. And I think, honestly, it's less... It's honestly the best time for him to do it. Because if you wait till after the Super Bowl, that's too long. There's too many opinions getting put out. But now it's that, it's that big two-week break before after the championship games and before the Super Bowl. It's honestly the best time for him to say it because that will be in the news for this week. And then the NFL and its media can move on next week to strictly talk about the Super Bowl and forget about all his news. So I think it really was the right right time for him to do it and not as strategical around taking the news away from the Super Bowl. I totally agree with you. Definitely a really good time. And in terms of his career, a great time. You know, no regrets. It seems like he did everything he wanted to accomplish. He wasn't pushed out. You know, football is a sport where when you're not physically healthy, they push you out. Right. In baseball, let's talk Pujols. You know, he was old, but he still had this amazing, oh, wow, he's still playing. Oh, the hunt for for 700. If, if you're in football and you're old, you're getting pushed out. So for him to end, in my opinion, making the playoffs, there's no regrets there. And Sean, I know it's been 23 years. And frankly, we're both younger than 23. So we haven't watched a season of NFL football without him. We've gotten more out of Brady than just about any pro athlete ever, but I, I certainly am. And I'm curious if you are, you know, aren't you kind of bummed? It just feels like it's, you know, it's the end of this era, you know, Big Ben retired, Drew Brees, Andrew Luck, both Manning brothers, Philip Rivers, if you want to put him in there. And now Tom Brady, A-Rod's really the only guy left. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I completely agree. It's it's the true end of an era. And what I think it really is the end of, it's the end of that pocket quarterback that quarterback that can sit in the pocket diagnose a defense and is what he's really good at is accurate not super far downfield but accurate on those shorts and middle passes and can read a defense like no other And i think it's the end of that era those are the quarterbacks that were taking over the nfl throughout the 2000s and 2010s guys like tom brady drew Brees, all these guys you mentioned peyton manning were not very athletic did not have crazy strong arms but they could sit in the pocket and read it even like no other. And those are not the quarterbacks succeeding, succeeding in the NFL anymore. The quarterbacks succeeding in the NFL are now guys like Lamar Jackson, who is running all around the field as fast as most of the receivers that he has on his team. And I think it's the end of that era. But also, I'm a little disappointed to see Brady go out. I know you mentioned he made the playoffs, but they were the four seed in the worst division in football and still barely made it out of it, only barely beating the Panthers in week 18 to make the playoffs. They get blown out at home by the Cowboys. I think it's a little disappointing to see a guy that's been so amazing throughout his career, who is truly the best um, football player of all time, go out like that. 
go out getting blown out at home in a playoff game is sad to see. I wish we could see him go out on top like Peyton Manning did, where maybe it's not a Super Bowl, but at least he's competing still. And I felt like in that game, it showed his age. It showed he was not competing in the NFL anymore, which is kind of sad to see him go out like that. I love your point about how, you know, we're football's shifting. He's pretty much the last of the the pocket class. And I think that just shows how great he was, that he never really changed his game. And even when he went over to the Bucs in his, what was that, his 20th, 21st season, he won the Super Bowl without really changing his games. He sat in the pocket, hit a great O-line, and threw to some really good receivers. But enough of that Brady talk. We could talk an entire episode on him, and this definitely won't be the end of our Brady talk. That's for sure. But the conference championship round is over. Our Super Bowl is set on Sunday, February 12th at 3.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The NFC representative Philadelphia Eagles will metaphorically host the Kansas City Chiefs at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. But before we talk Super Bowl or maybe even some Pro Bowl, we got to break down this very interesting weekend of football. Eagles look great, Sean. Both their wins this playoffs have been blowouts, despite Hurts not looking 100%. Jalen, he didn't have too much power under his throws. He definitely looked a little wobbly, but again, it's February. Nobody's 100%. On the other side of things, Mahomes not 100%. But Eagles have the deepest roster in every unit in football right now. I'm pretty sure that's undisputed, Sean. And you called this game perfectly. You've called pretty much this whole season for the Eagles like you had a crystal ball. But I want to ask you, were there any surprises or is this exactly how you thought it would go? Listen, I think before we tear apart the Niners for their lackluster performance this weekend in a blowout loss, we got to take into consideration the situation that they went through. Not only did their quarterback tear his UCL and get put out for the game, and then their backup quarterback then get hurt when he came back into the game, that was our third and fourth string quarterback going into the year. The amount that they fought through is really impressive to make it here. But moving into that, moving away from that, the Eagles looked phenomenal. The Eagles looked amazing in every sense of the word. Yes, Hertz's deep balls weren't getting there, overthrowing them, underthrowing them a little bit. But it's February football. Everyone's hurt. They've been playing one of the most physical sports in the entire world for the last 19 weeks. And they're exhausted. Everyone's hurt. You look at Mahomes, he's hurt. All over the field, there's injuries. And that's bound to happen. But when Hurts is on the field, this Eagles team looks unbeatable. They really do. When he's playing, no matter how well he's playing, everything improves. When he's at quarterback, the defense have to account for so much. And it what really improves is their running game. Because when Gardner Minshew was in for those couple of weeks, Hurts was out towards the end of the season... Defenses could commit to the running back and not have to worry about that quarterback scramble or the read option. And because Hertz is now back and healthy and his legs are as able as they've ever been, all these defense can't just prepare for the running back, but also have to prepare for him running. And it really throws off any defense that they throw at him. And I think that they're going to keep this going and go all the way. You said it all there. You said everything we needed to say about the Eagles. But now it is time to tear apart those Niners. You mentioned it. Sunday, Brock Purdy suffered a UCL tear. So it looks like he's going to be down for six months. Probably won't be able to participate in those spring practices. He threw two passes with a torn UCL. I mean, that just shows how tough of a guy he is, how much of a gamer he is. And just to note, I have to say it. Rookie quarterbacks are now 0-5 all-time in conference championship games. 
let's tack on to those 49ers injury woes going with the quarterbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo suffered a broken foot in December and is now a free agent. Trey Lance fractured his fibula and had ligament damage that required two surgeries on his ankle. I mean, this is a great roster, maybe one of the best rosters, at least in the NFC. The NFC is really weak. We'll get to that another show. I think the NFC is like, it's it's crazy how lopsided the AFC is, even though maybe the NFC will, only the Eagles are at the top, but we'll get to that at another show. But guys like McCaffrey and Debo are getting older. I mean, the Niners window is closing. I know you're biased, Sean, because you're a Seahawks fan. But do you feel bad for Niners organization and their fans? I, I could understand where people feel bad for everything his fans, his organization had to go through because injuries, they have no control over. No matter how bad of decisions you make through drafting, trading, no matter what, injuries are going to happen in football and some teams get more unlucky than others. And this year they've been really unlucky with injuries. And they even had the last couple of years with not the quarterback, but other positions having really bad injuries and it's ruined their seasons. But... I still have to look back to their organizational decisions for quarterback. For every other position on the field, they've been amazing the last couple of years. The way they have been able to build that defense has been phenomenal. Picking guys like Nick Bosa has changed their defense. Debo Samuel, the trade for Christian McCaffrey was phenomenal. But when it's come to quarterback, they have been below average. They traded for Jimmy G, who never started in a game, took them to a Super Bowl, but then decide to draft a guy that played for one year in FCS football. That's it. That's all he played. He played one season for North Dakota State, which is not even FBS football. And they decide to trade away their entire future of first-round picks to draft him at number three when they could have taken Mac Jones at their normal pick. Yes, I understand how terrible it is to have these injuries, but I think the decisions they made with quarterback are terrible. You have a guy that took you to a Super Bowl, and sure, he's not as flashy as Trey Lance is, but that's not that's not what's important. He was winning. Jimmy Garoppolo is a winner. He's a game manager, and he wins the game, and that's what matters. But then they diminish everything he's done by going out and drafting a quarterback. It reminded me a lot of the Aaron Rodgers situation, where... They're trying to, I don't know if it's motivate or change a scenario, but they draft Jordan Love after a guy that's been leading their franchise for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. It, it really doesn't make sense to me why they drafted a guy like Trey Lance. And I think that's what really threw off their organization. Not only was he just a bad pick, but it also diminishes everything Jimmy G has gone through and everything he's done for that organization. And I think it's what really ruined their chance at the Super Bowl if they don't get there. Great points there. Yeah, you feel bad for the fans, but the organization is doing it to themselves. Switching gears to the Bengals at Chiefs game, Mahomes had me speechless all night, multiple times. Call me the NFL social media. Call me whatever you want. I'm I'm on the Mahomes train, and I, I'm not getting off of it. He he definitely shut all of us up who were crying about his leg. And in terms of speechlessness for me, the obvious one that comes to mind: 17 seconds left in the game, tie game. He scrambles with that high ankle sprain for a first down to set up the game-winning field goal. I, I Calling Mahomes at this point in his career a phenom is just an understatement. Raw reactions to this game, Sean? Listen, for me personally, when I watch that game and I see the Bengals punt, Sky Moore has a 25-yard kick return and gets it to the Bengals side of the field where all they need is a field goal, I could have turned off the TV. I knew the game was over. The flag, whatever you want to call it, bad call, which it wasn't. When Mahomes has the ball in that situation... 
I at least felt that the game was over, and I'm sure you did too, and I'm sure many other people throughout the world did. He, the ability he has to control the game reminds me of Tom Brady. What he's really matured at, and what I'm really impressed with Mahomes, is not only all the amazing throws he can make, the ability to fight through the high ankle sprain, his his on the run, throwing across his body, 60 yards downfield, everything amazing he can do. But what's really impressed me about him, especially recently, is his maturity and understanding of taking what the defense is giving you. In his first couple of years as a starter, he was known for wanting to go deep on nearly every play he could. But as he's matured and lost these amazing weapons like Tyree Kill that he had before, he's had to tone back that big shot mentality and, and take what the defense is giving him. He moves the chains, keeps it going, controls the clock, and that's, that's why you get that feeling of he's in control of the game. No matter what the score is, you feel like he's going to win. But now let's, let's talk about the losing side of this game. Let's talk about the Bengals because they are not done. They are far from it. They went to the Super Bowl last year. They lost by a game-winning field goal to go right back to the Super Bowl this year. And I think we need to talk about how amazing Joe Burrow is and that offense is. They are going to be back. When you have all the Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon on one offense, they are going to be back. And I'm really excited to see how this AFC plays out after the ne- through the next couple of years when they have these names. When you have Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and Josh Allen fighting for one spot in the Super Bowl is going to be so exciting to watch through the next 10 years of football. And I'm really excited to see how that plays out. I don't think any team has ever lost a close playoff game and not blame the ref. So going back to your point, and this kind of ties into it, I'm wondering if you felt this way, but for me, the entire game, I felt like the Chiefs were going to win. And I know that's obvious because they were never losing. They were always either tied, you know, the Bengals tied it twice at 13 and 20, but it never felt to me like the Bengals really had a chance of winning. You agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And it goes back to what I talked about before with that Mahomes control of the game he has, the the remnants of Brady you see in him and the, the ability to control everything happening around him is so amazing and so mature through a quarterback. But also what I think it is, is it comes down to a guy like Travis Kelsey. Because he is such an important safety blanket to an offense. When you can have a guy like that, that Mahomes has, where no matter what the down is, he doesn't even need to look. He knows where he is. He knows he catch it. He knows he'll get open at any point in the game. He's so important to take over the game and control it. He can get those four, five, six-yard passes, move the chains, keep it going. And that's really important to controlling a game. And what it felt like for me made it feel like the game was always in the Chiefs' hands and they never really had a chance of losing it. Just want to circle back, just keep talking about Mahomes. He didn't have any great receivers in this game. At one point, three of his top four wide receivers were out. He had and he had virtually no run support. Look at his career. He's made five AFC championship games in five years. All at home. He's definitely more talented than Brady, more early success, less reliant on good defenses. Will Mahomes go down as the GOAT? I mean, I guess we kind of have to define what that is, but Will he end up, or is he to you, maybe, the best quarterback of all time? I said it last week, and I'll say it again. And I truly, truly believe Patrick Mahomes is the single most talented quarterback in the history of the NFL. What he can do in a football field is unmatched. It is unmatched by any other player that's ever played the game of football. But the hard part about this GOAT debate is it's more than just talent. Like we talked about basketball and LeBron and Michael Jordan, 
it's not just about who is the best player. It's about who had the best career. You have to add all these factors into it. Who won the most, who had the most championships. And that's why it's going to be really hard to beat Brady because of his longevity. Playing a position like quarterback where you get hit so often, it's so hard to keep up a career of 20 plus years, let alone play to 45 at that high of a level, winning seven Super Bowls. I mean, it's amazing. And my worry with Patrick Mahomes is he's much more mobile than Tom Brady has ever been. And he's going to continue to run out of the pocket, which is going to lead to more injuries like the high ankle sprain, if not worse. And that's what worries me about his longevity. Is he going to be able to play into that 20, 21st, 22nd year of his career to, to reach that longevity that Tom Brady has in his GOAT debate? And that's the only reason I see Patrick Mahomes even having a reason not to become the GOAT. But if he can find that longevity and play for that long, I think there's no question he is perfectly on track to becoming the greatest football player of all time. It's definitely an interesting thing because right now it's undisputed. You ask any player in the NFL, you ask Patrick Mahomes, who's the greatest quarterback of all time, they're going to say Tom Brady. I mean, J.J. Watt went out on Twitter and said he, he's the, the GOAT. I, every Everyone's going out and saying that he's a legend. So it'll definitely be interesting in, in 18 years if Mahomes is still around, if he's playing his 23rd season. Well, you know, what's going to change? Something really interesting to point out, as we talked about earlier, is Brady was a pocket quarterback. You could sustain sitting in a pocket for 23 years. Yeah, it's impossible, but it's sustainable. But you look at guys like Josh Allen is playing running back half the time, trucking guys, even guys like Lamar and Mahomes to his point, too. So it'll be interesting to see. Can that be sustained for 23 years? And because the style is shifting so much, the goat talk really changed. So definitely something to keep an keep an eye on. Here's a fun stat I read, Sean. Shifting gears a little bit to the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl champion will finish with more wins at State Farm Stadium this season than the Cardinals, who were 1-8 and eight at home. I mean, it's sad to hear. And you got to take into account the Kyler Murray injury, tearing his ACL, and everything that went into that. But I think what the sad really means is you got to fire Cliff Kingsbury. He is not the guy at that Cardinals team. He never had a ton of experience in college in the NFL went straight from a college football lower level head coach directly into the NFL head coach and just wasn't ready for it. And I think they got to move on from him. It's time. Sean, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves with Super Bowl talk because we'll have a Super Bowl special next week. But in two weeks, nevertheless, Andy Reid faces the team that fired him 10 years ago. I know he won a Super Bowl with Kansas City since then, but is there any sense of revenge, you think? I mean, listen, whenever you're playing a former team, you're going to have some sort of revenge factor to it. But it was so long ago, and it, there's been so much that's happened for the Eagles organization. They've won a Super Bowl. The Andy Reid's won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs, and then just so much has happened in both their careers. I don't think there are any hard feelings, but I think there is some ego and pride to beating someone that you used to work for. Let's switch gears, just talk a little bit about the Pro Bowl. It's going to be flagged this year. Just briefly, are you excited? Uh, are you going to watch? I am. I'm actually really excited. And what's exciting me more than in past years with a tackle football game is none of these players want to get hurt. And we know how many injuries are caused by a tackle football game. And this caused these football games to be terrible. No one playing, jogging around the field, never really trying. But my hope is that with a flag football game and the much decreased risk of injury, 
that players are going to play a lot harder and play with more pride. And it hopefully will cause a more entertaining game to watch. Yeah, the Pro Bowl, it's always felt like in football has been a joke. Anyone watching it will call it a joke. But I think they're embracing that joke, playing a flag football game. And I totally agree with you. I think they'll play harder. So I'll definitely tune in. I'm more of a skills comp guy, but I'll definitely tune in. All right, let's switch gears. Let's talk Major League Baseball. Sean, this is sports news to me. And I know this is sports news to you because we've spent countless hours on this platform. I don't know if it's sports news to many others, but over the weekend, MLB The Show, for those of you who don't know, MLB The Show is the Madden equivalent, the 2K equivalent for baseball. But they announced that the the cover athlete for 2023, did you see who it was? Yeah, I did. And I think it was a pretty interesting choice in Jazz Chisholm Jr. Yeah, really interesting. I was very very surprised to see that. He's a guy that is flashy and fun to watch, you know, the Euro step after hitting a home run. But I I don't see him as a star in the MLB. He's a 250 hitter. Yeah. And, and especially after the season that Shohei's been having and everything he's doing to change the game of baseball. And, and well, you're he was on it last Jazz year. Jazz Chisholm Jr. Oh, I guess he was on a lot. But even still, I mean, there's so many Put him names. on again. Put him Seriously, on again. He's a pitcher and a hitter. He could be on it twice. I'm pulling up Jazz Chisholm stats here. Last year, you, he, okay, in 2022, he played... Is this right? 60 games with a 254 average and you're putting him on the front cover of the video game? It's horrible. It's terrible to see. I mean, he's flashy. He's fun, but that's about it. Yeah, it seems so desperate for like, oh, let the kids play like, you know, they went with Tatis and then that sort of backfired with everything that came out. But I'm glad you were just as surprised as I was. Yeah, I I, I'm I'm. Even disappointed with it. I would hope to see a bigger name be uh, the the cover than Josh Chisholm Jr. Absolutely. Let's stick with baseball. It's been a couple weeks since we've thrown in some Dodger news. But this week, along with a lot of coaching changes, uh, just talking about the coaching changes for a sec, most notably Bob Guerin moving out of that bench coach position. We'll probably break down all those moves more in depth in a couple weeks. But something notable, all-star Tony Gonsolin signs a two-year, $6.65 million extension. Are you a big Catman guy and reactions to the signing? Seems like a pretty good deal. I mean, listen, I love the guy. He's so weird and quirky out there on the mound. But even past that, he gets the job done. He had a phenomenal year last year. He deserved every bit of this contract. And I'm, I'm really excited to see if he can keep that momentum he had from last year becoming an all-star with that great season, the great win-loss record, if he can carry that on to next year and continue that throughout his career. 100%. He was an all-star last year. We're getting an all-star for $3 million. Seems like a great discount. I'm excited. I've been on the Catman train for a long time. So, Tony Gonsolin, thanks for signing extension. Us Dodger fans will be rooting for you. At least Sean and I will. All right, Sean. Let's end things with the game. It's been a few weeks since we've done trivia, and it's going to be trivia that's notable and timely. Sean, what is the only team in the NFL to neither host nor play in the Super Bowl? Is it the Cleveland Browns, the Houston Texans, the Baltimore Ravens, or the Detroit Lions? This is a tough one. 
because I would like to go with the Texans because their franchise was only started in the 2000s. But I know the Browns have been to a Super Bowl, and the NFL rarely likes to schedule Super Bowls in cold cities. So I'm going to take the Browns. Okay, for those of you at home, Sean does not know these before. You are right. It's the Cleveland Browns. It is, it's not rigged. I'm not trying to make him look like a genius. If anything, I'm trying to get him, get it wrong for the, for the sake of, you know, the fun and, and, and picking on him, but really good job. Really good thinking. Yes. The Cleveland Browns have neither been nor played in the Super Bowl. Sean, anything else? Nope. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the JSK media sports podcast. We really appreciate you choosing us for at least a snippet of your weekly sports intake. For more JSK Media content, follow our Instagram or TikTok at JSK Media Co. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.